Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God, on this Monday January the 9th, 2023, on the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lots to get into today. Turns out, 15th time's the charm. We had to look that up. What is the origin of third time's the charm? Can't be good. But nonetheless, it took 15 votes to get McCarthy into the speakership. What does that actually mean? What were the compromises? Brent Haynes, Catholic Freedom Fighter, is going to be on at 15 past to break that down for us, what were those concessions? What can we expect as a result to 15 votes? That was pretty comical, actually. Also on the program, Chris Tomlinson from Breitbart's going to return. Uh, a French anti-hate, air quotes on that one, anti-hate group has listed Catholic symbols like the Cairo, for instance, the symbol that Constantine saw in the sky above the uh, Milvan Bridge there. Uh, that's also listed as a hate symbol next to, say, the Nazi swastika. What is going on in this story? Chris is going to join us at 35 past the hour to give us the information. Cardinal Zen finally gets his opportunity to meet with Pope Francis while he was visiting during the funeral mass of Benedict XVI. What happened? What did they talk about? Tito Edwards will join us at the top of the next hour from BigPulpit.com to weigh in on that story. Lots of stories in the news, of course. Chaos in Brazil yesterday. Huge, massive rallies. In fact, thousands stormed uh, some of their federal buildings there. It says, uh, opponents of the socialist convicted felon president Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva. What a name that is, huh? I need, like, I need a name like that. I need, like, six or seven different names thrown into one. It is, you just sound more important when that happens. Pick a couple more and we'll give them to you. I should. I'm going to work on that. But nonetheless, 400 people have been, have been uh, arrested, I'm sure, uh, Rudy will cover more of that story. Global food prices, by the way, 2022 hit an all-time record in spite of, you know, drought and wars and rumors of wars. Food prices are skyrocketing. (laughs) So that's good news. Hey, Biden tours the southern border. Speaking of good news, uh, about time, uh, Governor Abbott met him on the tarmac in El Paso right after they cleared out all the migrant camps. They don't want him to have to see all those pesky migrant camps that have popped up there but uh he hands him a letter that starts with your visit to our southern border with mexico today is 20 billion dollars too late and two years too late mm-hmm. that's a good way to start a conversation that's an icebreaker right there <laughs> uh, by the way there were unfortunately a lot of died suddenly type of stories in the news over the weekend i mean a lot actually Here's a couple. A 17-year-old Wyoming basketball player died suddenly after freakish medical situation. Uh, that's not a good headline. And also, MMA phenom Victoria Lee dies suddenly at 18 in the best shape of her life somehow. Had another freakish medical situation. A 16-year-old girl collapsed and died suddenly during flag football game after suffering a medical emergency. I mean, these are just some of the horrible stories of the news. Let's pray for their souls. Meanwhile, Bishop William Callahan of La Crosse, Wisconsin, has strictly banned the traditional Latin Mass at a parish church in his diocese. Because, well, I don't even know. I didn't want to begin to speculate what's going through his mind. But nonetheless, those are your headline news, Rudy. Uh, what are you, la- what are you, 
What's, what's the chuckling for? You got any bad, any more bad news there? Uh, yes, uh, Father <laughs> Father Rubnick's artwork, which is actually <sighs> horrible, it's a stamp. Uh, yeah. Is uh, has been featured on a book of stamps out of the Vatican, even though he was credibly convicted of uh, you know sexually harassing and molesting other people. Nonetheless, he gets a pass. And let's not forget, it's now Frank Pavone, not Father Frank. Were you wanting Here's any- a palate cleanser for you all. The <laughs> idiom, third time's a charm, has its roots in the ancient belief that the number three is some sort, I don't know, some way magical. Trinity, maybe? But the phrase was first used in the mm-hmm. early 1800s. I see. Well, it's fifth, mostly it's a British term. Yeah, now it's 15th time. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos, and you, you sneezed at least 15 times I this morning. I did sneeze. My, <laughs> I may have sneezed more than 50 times this morning. It was pretty intense, actually. But praise be to God, it's good to be here. Is it? Yes. You know, I, for one, am still celebrating the Epiphany. Um, I'm going to be celebrating the Epiphany hello. until next Sunday. It's ordinary time. Uh, the Epiphany used to be an octave way back Epiphany. when. And like pre-1955, it used to be an octave. Nobody does. It's not even the fraternity or any of those groups. Vigil mass, by the way. I don't know. I don't know. That also went yeah, away. That went away. Uh huh. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, the octave of the Epiphany. So keep celebrating Christmas. You got like what seven more days, That's and right. then hey. I am done. I'm done with Christmas next week. I promise. <laughs> Our but lights Merry Christmas are to still rocking. But if I could ask house. for prayers, my neighbor is dying in the hospital right now. He had a kidney failure. Oh, no. And went to the hospital. He's uh, currently uh, on a on a ventilator hooked up to machines, and he's oh, uh, 95 wow. years old. Yeah, please pray for his soul. Pray for his conversion. He's uh, actually Greek Orthodox. They had a Greek Orthodox priest come see him yesterday, but pray All that right. he uh, converts to the true well, faith. We'll ask Our Lady to intercede on his behalf. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, January the 9th. It's the beginning of the week. Here are your headlines this morning. Justin News reports, Biden lands in El Paso. Critics slam the border visit is too late, though. And propaganda. The city of El Paso partnered with Border Patrol agents to dismantle the city's expansive downtown migrant camps, moving the homeless migrants out of view. The Biden administration also revealed several sweeping migration plans. The Department of Homeland Security proposed expanding immigration fee exemptions while increasing other immigration costs by hundreds of dollars. On Thursday, the White House announced that every month, 30,000 qualifying migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela will be paroled into the United States for two years at a time, while 30,000 other migrants from these nations will be removed or returned to Mexico every month. Ground News reports Bolsonaro supporters storm into Brazil Congress and clash with authorities. Sounds familiar. Hundreds of supporters of ex-president Jair Bolsonaro stormed into Brazil's Congress on Sunday, one week after the president, President Lula da Silva's inauguration. According to local media, large numbers of protesters managed to invade the Senate and Chamber of Deputies and the Supreme Court. This is a developing story. There, there's probably going to be a little bit more this week, and make sure to tune in. We'll cover that a little bit more. The Epic Times reports, McCarthy reveals his first bill after being elected House Speaker. 
Newly elected House Speaker Kevin McCarthy from California says that the first bill he wants to see passed is one to cut back funding for 87,000 new IRS agents following a several-day-long fight over the Speaker's gavel. Passing the measure to repeal the recent IRS funding could face roadblocks in the upper chamber while President Joe Biden could move to veto the GOP's measure. And Ground News also reports new guidance. Use drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids. The American Academy of Pediatrics says children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medication for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines released on Monday. Uh, disregard you know, a healthy diet, exercise, uh, just, yeah, just give them surgery and drugs. Those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a really cool saint. You're going to really like this. I mean, personally, I'm a huge fan. Is St. Adrian of Canterbury, born before 637. We don't have an exact date on his birth. He was twice offered the vacant Archbishopric of Canterbury by Pope Vitellian, but modestly declined the appointment. He introduced, he introduced the pontiff to his friend Theodore of Tarsus, who then chanced to be at Rome and who consented to undertake the charge. Vitalian, however, stipulated that Adrian should accompany the new archbishop to Britain. He gave as his reasons that Adrian, having twice before made a journey into Gaul, knew the road and the mode of traveling. The two set out from Rome on the 27th of May, 668, and after having part ways, Adrian, being sent for in the following spring of King Ecberg of Kent, was allowed to take his departure, and he reached England at the end of May, 669. But he had detained, he was detained by order of Ebron, who is said to have suspected him of being an emissary of the Greek emperor sent to stir up troubles against the kingdom of the Franks. Adrian was permitted to proceed to England, where immediately on his arrival, he was made abbot of the monastery of Saints Peter and Paul, afterwards called St. Augustine's at Canterbury. An appointment which was in conformity with instructions given by the Pope to Theodore. Such is the account given in the ecclesiastical history of Bede. Adrian was known to be a man learned in the Bible as well as in Greek and Latin and an excellent administrator. Under his direction, the abbey came to have substantial, far-reaching influence. Bede describes him as not only a distinguished theologian, but eminently accomplished in secular learning. Bede particularly mentions the metrical art, astronomy, and arithmetic. To the flourishing state of learning thus introduced into England and for a short time maintained, King Alfred appears to allude in the preface to its translation of Pope Gregory I Liber Pastoralis Curare in the latter part of the 9th century, where he says that it, is often came, it, that it often came into his mind what wise men there were in his country, both laymen and ecclesiastics in a former age how the clergy in those happy times were diligent both to teach and to study, and how foreigners then came hither to acquire learning and wisdom. Whereas now, in his own day, if any Englishman desires to make himself a scholar, he was obliged to go abroad for instructions. He died in 709 and was buried in his monastery, and several hundred years later, when reconstruction was being done, Adrian's body was discovered to be incorrupt. He died in 709, St. Adrian of Canterbury, pray. For us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. 
John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This imagery of a dove is not new. We've seen this many times in sacred scripture. In fact, you might remember back in Genesis 1, the spirit hovering over the waters of creation, allusion to that, of course. There is the dove that came out of the ark of of, uh, Noah and was sent out to uh, look for land, right? So there's a dove hovering over the waters of the flood there, the deluge. And then, of course, this image of the dove here above the waters of a new creation through which we die, are resurrected, and enter into the promised land with which we have to be baptized in order to enter that heavenly land. St. Chrysostom would say, because after his baptism, Christ was put to an end to the law, was to put an end to the law, he therefore came to be baptized at this age, that having so kept the law, it might not be said that he canceled it because he could not observe it, close quote St. Chrysostom. Remigius points out, not baptism to the remission of sins, but to leave the water sanctified for those that are going to be baptized. Augustine says, the Savior willed to be baptized, not that he might himself be cleansed, but to cleanse the water for us. For the time that himself was dipped in the water, from that time he was washed away all our sins in water. And let none wonder that water, itself corporal substance, is said to be effectual to the purification of the soul. It is so effectual, reaching to and searching out the hidden recesses of the conscience, subtle and penetrating in its own nature, made yet more so by Christ's blessing. It touches the hidden springs of life, the secret places of the soul, by virtue of its all-pervading dew. The course of blessing is even yet more penetrating than the flow of waters. Thus the blessing which, like a spiritual river, flows on from the Savior's baptism, hath filled the basins of all pools and the courses of all fountains. Close quote, St. Augustine. St. Peter would say in his epistle, Baptism now saves you. So let us repent, let us be baptized, and enter into the promised land. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Brent Haynes coming up next. We're going to talk about McCarthy and the Speaker of the House. From St. Luke's Gospel, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is for nothing will be impossible for God. Let's bring impossible measures of joy and love to all. I'm Joseph Schuler in the Washington, D.C. studio of Guadalupe Radio Network. I wish you a happy and holy Christmas. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when 
Almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday, they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Chris Tomlinson from Breitbart is going to be on at, 50, at uh, 35 past the hour. He's got a series of articles over there. But one is on uh, Catholic symbols being lumped into hate symbols. What's going on there? More French antics? Well, we're going to talk to him about that. Plus, there were huge, dem- huge demonstrations. The whole yellow vest demonstrations are still going on in France. Although it doesn't get reported, there's still big ones going on over there. Things aren't settled, let's just say. We'll catch up with Chris at 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Our good friend Brent Haynes, Catholic Freedom Fighter, is on the line with us. Good morning to you, uh, Brent. Good morning, Joe. Praise, and praise condolences on you not being elected Speaker of the House. I tried. I, I mean, I was on the phone with all 20 of those uh, those terrorists, as uh, Crenshaw would say, and uh, not one would nominate me. So there is that. He, but, he did apologize. <laughs> uh, Congressman Crenshaw did apologize for calling them terrorists. Very cringy statement from Crenshaw. Crenshaw. We, should we call him Crenshaw from now on? I think so. <laughs> Cringe Shaw. Cringe Shaw. Yeah, Congressman <laughs> so, Cringe So Shaw. Joe has said it, so it shall be. So shall it be. Fifteen times a charm, Brent. Uh, pretty historic. Tell us, what, what are we supposed to make of all of this? What does this mean? Well, you know, this got a lot of attention because it had not happened in recent history. But it is part of the normal process to hold elections in a democracy. We elect a speaker. It just happened to take more than one vote this time. Um, The Wall Street Journal had an op-ed commenting that, you know, the holdouts had some legitimate complaints and that if they did not act on those before the election of the speaker, they would lose all of their leverage. In other words, it was necessary for them to insist on getting uh, certain concessions before they voted for speaker. Otherwise, once they do that, they have no power. Um, the the, the um, American Spectator, or the, or the Spectator, which is uh, really a British publication but has an American version, you know, th- they've run a commentary uh, making essentially the same point. You know, another example, Joe, is think of all the parliamentary systems around the world where one party does not get a majority of votes in the parliament, and they have to make a deal with one of the small minority parties in order to have a majority to form a ruling, uh, you know, majority government. Uh, they do that through negotiation. They make deals. Uh, these are not necessarily political deals in the bad sense. It's a form of conciliation. It's what helps bring large groups of people together in a democracy so that they can rule through more consensus. Uh, you're never going to have 100% consensus or unanimity. 
But that's another way to think of it is it's comparable to what goes on uh, in Parliament, such as in Israel, where the majority party doesn't quite get a majority, or the largest party doesn't quite get a majority, but they make a deal with a small party to have a majority so that they can rule. And the holdout Republicans had some, you know, some reasonable concerns. Um, they uh, knew that once they gave the power to the speaker, then uh, they would lose all their leverage. What's really going to come up next is the what they call the rules package, and that is those are the rules that will govern procedures, such as whether or how amendments are uh, allowed for legislation, whether amendments are allowed from the floor of the House, and also committee appointments, who gets to be chairman, who gets to be subcommittee chairman for each of the committees and subcommittees, and also membership on important committees, such as appropriations, which controls money, and the Rules Committee, which is the all-powerful committee in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, most Americans have probably never heard of the Rules Committee, but it's the most powerful committee because it decides on whether legislation even gets to the floor, and if it does, it decides how it will be voted on. For example, whether or not amendments will be allowed from the floor, how much time there will be allowed for debate, uh, and all the other procedural aspects uh, in the House. So they were looking to make certain changes in the rules, such as allowing amendments from the floor, at least in some circumstances. Uh, they want some changes on uh, some substantive changes regarding spending, for example, balanced budgets. And they want uh, certain representation on the Rules Committee by having some of their own group on that committee. One mm -hmm. report is that they want three Freedom Caucus members on the Rules Committee, and the Republicans could only afford to lose uh, two votes. So that would give them an effective veto power on the Rules Committee. But that's what they were looking for. And if they didn't get that before the Speaker was elected, then they wouldn't have gotten any of that, probably. Yeah, it seems like uh, there are a few things that would be good in all of this. There's the Jeffersonian motion that would allow a single person to uh, put up a motion to have the Speaker removed. That seems like a good, powerful opportunity. But it also seems like it could be used in a bad way to sort of bog down Congress from actually taking any action, too busy voting on removing the speaker all the time. Uh, they apparently want an investigation into the FBI. Can anybody say Hunter Biden? Maybe we should get to the bottom of that one. Uh, there's uh, talk about doing something about the, the border issue in a more substantive way. There's uh, uh, budgetary issues. In fact, the very first bill that uh, Speaker McCarthy brought was to reduce the budget of the IRS. One of the things that got shocked about in 2022 was increasing the budget to allow for 87,000 new IRS agents. So what can we expect when it comes to the bills? Uh, I think there is part of the concessions here where there was a guarantee of seven bills to get a vote up or down in Congress. Do you know about those? Well, uh, two things here. One is any bill passed by the House is not going to make it through the Senate and certainly isn't going to be signed by President Biden. But that doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile. Uh, the stronger a position the House takes, the more the Senate has to bargain with it and vice versa. Because what happens is after the House passes a bill and the Senate passes the same bill or vice versa, and there are differences, uh, the House and the Senate send members to what is called a conference committee and they work out the changes. Yeah, that's where the negotiation takes place. So if you have a bill that favors the Democrats coming over from the Senate, you want a bill that favors the conservative Republican position coming over from the House as your starting point for the negotiations. So 
if you start from a stronger House bill, you're more likely to hold some ground in the negotiations. What upset the conservative Republicans here is think of the Respect for Marriage Act. McCarthy, as Republican leader, gave Republicans permission. That might sound odd in democracy, but it's an organized party system. And he let he said said to the Republicans, "Go ahead and 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 vote for you know vote for the Respect for Marriage Act." And remember, we discussed this before. The Respect for Marriage Act was going to pass, but it did not include the important religious liberty protections that it could have included and should have included. And that's an example where now that we can't blame McCarthy and the House for that since they were in the minority, but on the, on the Senate side, that's where the Republicans there could have insisted on more real serious uh, guarantees for religious liberty in the legislation. And what the Republicans in the House want to do going forward is what the Senate should have, Senate Republicans should have done in the Respect for Marriage Act. They should have taken a stronger line and insisted on more protections being put in that bill before it, before it became law. So even though they can't get everything through because they don't uh, control a majority in the Senate and they still have a slim majority in the House, the point is they're going to start from a stronger position, and that gives them more negotiating room. Well, they want a bill that will authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to suspend the entry of aliens and other persons. They want a bill that will prohibit the Secretary of Energy from sending petroleum products from the strategic oil reserves to China And for other purposes, praise be to God, uh, they want to build to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act to direct the district attorney and prosecutor's office to report the to the attorney general. And for other purposes, they want a bill that will require uh, a national instant crime background check system to notify U.S. Immigration Customs Informant or enforcement rather and relative state and local law enforcement agencies, whether uh, an illegal alien is applying for a, a, a gun or trying to buy a firearm, but, boy, I could see that being used against American citizens really quick. They want a bill to prohibit taxpayer-funded abortions, praise be to Jesus, and they want a bill to amend Title 18, United States Code, to prohibit a health care practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in case of a child who survives an abortion and attempted or an attempted abortion. So there's some good news in there. But I also see, like, uh, I kind of disagree. I don't think McCarthy should have been asked any Republican to endorse the redefinition of marriage. Uh, it's definitely not something we should tolerate. Uh, we shouldn't just accept uh, religious exemptions. We shouldn't tolerate the redefinition of marriage. It's the fabric of society. And uh, Republicans handed that to us on a silver platter, so I hold them accountable for that. But some of this stuff I can see being used against us, and some of this stuff is really good. Do you think it'll happen? Well, and not to get off into a debate about religious liberty, the, the Respect for Marriage Act, which we discussed before, and I'm happy to discuss when we have more time, but the point was not to support the, the Respect for Marriage Act. The point was not to endorse gay marriage. The point was to protect religious liberty. That bill was going to pass anyway, and it did pass. And the Republicans in the Senate had the votes to ensure that meaningful Broad li- religious liberty protections were in were put into that bill, and they did not do that. They put a couple of protections in there, but it is now uh, uh, it is now just open season on people, especially Christians, who want to hold to traditional religious religious beliefs in their practices and especially their businesses, especially the wedding industry, which we've seen over and over again. So the point was not to to endorse gay marriage; it was to 
protect religious liberty. Now, I said a moment ago that there were two important things uh, with what the Republicans are doing here, and the first was getting a stronger negotiating position from the beginning. The second is, consider all those bills that you just listed. The second important point is, even if the bills don't, even if the bills that are sent over by the House don't pass in the Senate, by passing those bills in the House, the Republicans are forcing every every congressman and congresswoman in the U.S. House of Representatives to take a position on all of those issues you just mentioned, and then when they send it to the Senate, that puts the focus on the Senate. And the Senate either has to reject the bill or more likely, in most cases, ignore the bill or even vote on the bill. And that helps the American people to determine what their representatives in the House of Representatives and the United States Senate actually stand for on those specific issues. And, again, that's a reasonable position. You know, the, the conservative Republicans want, want uh, U.S. Congress to be held accountable on all those issues you just mentioned. We don't have time to go through them all one by one this morning, obviously. But that's the second important point about uh, some of the, the concessions that they were seeking was to get those positions through and have the congressman take a stand so that they will have to answer to their constituents in the next election. Real quick, before we run out of time, what do you make of that exchange? We have the video. We don't know the audio, but we have the video of that exchange between McCarthy and, and Gates uh, and, and one of the other congressmen coming and starting to scream at him and being hauled off with his mouth covered. A very interesting exchange there. Yeah, the U.S. House of Representatives is, is four t- over four times larger and much more um, shall we say, uh, activist than the uh, U.S. Senate. The U.S. Senate is a very staid, reserved, orderly chamber. The U.S. <laughs> House of Representatives is raucous. We don't know what was said, but you can be sure that humorists are going to have a fun time in the coming months <laughs> filling in audio. I've already seen one video. Yeah, it was video good. It was fun. Audio on that. All right, Brent Haynes. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you again uh, later this week, but that's going to do it for... This segment coming up after the break. Rudy Carlos has more breaking news, and Chris Tomlinson from Breitbart is going to be on. All that and more is coming up next. Merry Christmas. My name is Josefa Barrios, Business and Operations Assistant for the Guadalupe Radio Network. On behalf of the Guadalupe Radio Network, we wish you a season of hope, a season of love, and a season of many blessings. May the divine light of Christmas shine in your life this season. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's an interesting story from the Catholic News Agency. Have you ever considered how far the Holy Family traveled when they were fleeing Herod? Headline is, the Holy Family traveled more than 1,200 miles from Israel to Egypt and back. The Gospel, according to St. Matthew, narrates how after the Magi had left Bethlehem, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Although the route followed by the Holy Family is not recorded in the Bible, some Coptic Christians have identified some 25 places where they believe Mary, Joseph, and Jesus stayed during their sojourn into Egypt, one theorized. It is believed that the ruins of an ancient church in Pharma, Pelusium, and four monasteries in Wadi Natrun mark stages in their journey through the Nile Delta. This has been reflected in some artistic works. Uh, she said, in Deir al-Suriani, the monastery of the Syrians in Wadi Natrum, a fresco from the 6th century shows Mary nursing the child Jesus. When Herod the Great died, an angel again appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. This was from Matthew chapter 2, verse 20. Thus, the Holy Family took the road back to the Dronka Mountain, where a monastery was later built in honor of the Virgin. From there, they traveled to Old Cairo after Matreya, and traveled to Al-Mahatma Sinai, and finally entered the Holy Land to settle in the town of Nazareth in Galilee. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. By the way, you got your house blessed? It was so cool. It was yeah. fantastic. Father came right at right on time. He came into the house. He uh, he started blessing the house. It was actually kind of funny because I was not used to this sort of uh, this epiphany blessing. It was the first time I got one, and he said, "Well, first I'm going to follow you into every room of the house." And it felt awkward to kind of like lead father throughout the whole house. But, <laughs> it's a little, yeah. But You're like, did uh, I clean that closet? I can't remember. Well, I was thinking, should I open the closets? Should I take him into the bathroom? I don't know. So anyway, I, I, I played it safe. I took him to every room, opened every closet. Yeah. Then he incensed the house. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. <laughs> Praise be to God. Well, amen to that. By the way, I watched a few mo movies over the weekend. Yeah. So in the after show today, second half of the second hour. Movies. I will... Uh, I will give you the the update on my movie watching experience over the weekend. Do you have a list? Couple of classic, three, all three were classics. By the way, do you have like a list you keep track of every movie, like a spreadsheet, an Excel doc? <sighs> yeah, probably. No way. Yeah, well, really? Let's, let's we'll chat about that. Hey, joining us right now is our good friend Chris Tomlinson from Breitbart, Breitbart.com. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. It's good to see you back here. Um, you have some great articles out over at Breitbart, one of which uh, is uh, headline says French anti-hate site lists mainstream Catholic symbols alongside Nazi devi uh, devices. I found this to be very interesting, but also kind of um, expected. We're seeing a, a day and an age where we are so far past the age of Christendom in places like France, but around the world that the average citizen seems to like accept this type of thing. Tell us what's the story here. So this is done by uh, two uh, different people. One's a uh, photojournalist and the other guy's a uh, graphic designer. And their idea was to catalog symbols that are used by the far right in France. And um, so, you know, you get the usual stuff of the you know, Nazi swastikas and various other sort of like white power, white nationalist 
sort of symbols, uh, Nazi symbols and whatever. But it was very interesting that they were also putting various you know, mainstream Catholic symbols, whether it was the Jerusalem cross or um, the cross of Lorraine. Um, and a lot of this uh, was also really getting people very angry because some of these symbols, such as the cross of Lorraine, are explicitly anti-Nazi. So the Cross of Lorraine was used by uh, Free France, which was led by Charles de Gaulle during the Second World War after uh, Marshal Patin had uh, surrendered and set up the Vichy uh, government. So this is an explicitly anti-Nazi symbol that is being put on the same page as a swastika. And then if you go deep enough into it, they do say, well, these are symbols that are being hijacked by the rights. But the presentation is putting these symbols, these mainstream Catholic symbols and, and mainstream you know, anti-Nazi symbols in France next to swastikas and telling people, you know, the, these are the symbols that hateful far-right people are using. So a lot of people in France are, are I think justifiably angry at the fact that these people seem to be trying to compare some of the worst him- symbols of history, at least of European history, to what are symbols that you can find in in every Catholic church, whether it's France or America, Canada, or anywhere else. Now, in America, we have an organization called the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they do similar things. They create these lists of people that that, uh, they say are bigots or or whatever. And uh, it's interesting to see who, basically people on the progressive left, set this list as sort of the gospel of people everywhere else seem to just know that it's the Southern Poverty Law Center and you just ignore them. But many greater Catholic organizations and Catholics have been added to their list because they don't agree to their politics or their theology. Is that essentially what we're seeing here, but in France? Yeah, absolutely. And so in I know the Southern Poverty Law Center puts uh, people who are very active against abortion, for example, who protest, uh, might protest abortion clinics and that kind of thing. Uh, not necessarily people who are violent or anything like that, but just the ideology of, of being very vehemently pro-life. And uh, I expect that in France it's going to be exactly the same. But I think the big difference between what the Southern Poverty Law Center does and what is happening in France right now is that the number of churches being attacked in France compared to America and really compared to almost anywhere in the West is 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 massive. Mm-hmm. La, uh, there was a report from last year that said in 2021 there were around 800 different attacks on either churches or cemeteries, desecrations, vandalisms, and this sort of thing. So when you're putting mainstream uh, Catholic symbols, even like the Sacred Heart of Jesus is on there, for example, Uh, the the Chiro uh, is on there, and which is interesting because their excuse for doing it was that somebody had written it on the side of a mosque once. And so that that qualifies it now to become a a symbol of hate. And so you see these symbols and somebody's going to look at this website and they're going to see these symbols in a Catholic church and think, oh, well, these are hate symbols. This is a place of hatred. And it's going to give people this, you know, justification, this terrible justification for continuing to do these uh, attacks on on churches and things like that. And this is not something that the authors of this uh, thing either seem to care about or that they're uh, doing sort of anything really to 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 mitigate it. So that's the real issue i think in in france wow that's that's horrible and you know i was thinking about i met this uh french dominican priest uh visiting in houston uh today or not yesterday rather and we were chatting about about the church in france and he was telling me that you know right now the church in france is in free fall uh, the they have no no respect um people don't respect the faith anymore 
the Muslim religion is skyrocketing, and he he was saying, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's a it's a huge problem there. Uh, but in regards to what you were saying, you know, immediately my thought was, well, what if someone had a a gay pride flag and they put a swastika on it? Would that then make the gay flag? a nazi symbol is that is that the tactic there to uh to just do the same thing back to them but i guess the answer is the rules for thee and not for me uh so what's the situation overall for that yeah i think that if if somebody did that you know they would be condemned or whatever but the rainbow flag obviously would still be the rainbow flag it would still represent whatever the people on the left wanted to represent um you know so i don't think that it's it's a two-way street it's definitely a one-way street of who gets to decide what's hateful and who doesn't get to decide it and unfortunately it's people of uh, a left-wing persuasion who get to decide all of these things um as far as hate speech goes and that's whether you have a conservative government or whether you have a left-wing government it's still the same people uh, making these decisions regardless as for the church in france it's definitely not what it was um and i think that that's not you know, limited to France. I think that is a trend that we're seeing all over the place. I mean, you go to a lot of parishes, uh, whenever I go to, especially a Nova Soto parish, it, average age of some of these parishes is, you know, in the sixties and sometimes in the seventies. Um, and that's not common. Uh, that's common in pretty much everywhere in, in Western Europe, unfortunately. There's some places that buck the trend, you know, if you go to Poland or, or somewhere like that, it's going to be quite a lot different. But unfortunately, that seems to be the case, not just in France, but uh, across the West in general. Uh, Ireland seeing some attacks recently as well. Um, there was uh, pr- some protesters that busted on a mass over the weekend that was sort of making the rounds. But uh, there was a church burned down in Portland, I think, over the weekend as well. It was a 118-year-old church in Portland that got burned down. So we're seeing this on the rise all over the world. Are you are you saying that France, something is unique in France? Is it what's fueling that? Is it uh, just a growing agnosticism, atheism? Is it the immigrant crisis that's happening in France? What is the main cause of this anti-Catholic sentiment? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that in France, especially, there's really not a lot of respect for the church outside of people who are members of the church. Um, When it comes to secular society, especially in France, they have a policy of secularism. They have laws for secularism. So, for example, in schools and things like that, you can't wear overtly religious items Uh, in the public service. You can't either. So they do have a history of enforcing secularism. And so there there could be a link to that as well. But you've also just had a history of France in recent years of of just attacks on churches, attacks on members of the clergy, whether that's, you know, them being robbed or just assaulted, or even in the case of uh, people like Father Jacques Amel being murdered during mass. Uh, by uh, Islamist terrorists. Mm. So you have a lot of factors going on, whether it's Islamists who are up to these things, whether it's just irreverent people who are looking to steal things from churches, mm. or whether it's just atheists or even Satanists who go into churches and try and uh, set them on fire. 
Wow. We're right at a break. Uh, Chris Tomlinson is our guest and uh, Breitbart.com. You can check out his article over there. The French anti-hate site lists mainstream Catholic symbols alongside Nazi devices. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Brazil. I really want to get your take on Brazil. Massive protests still happening there. I think some of that has been lost in the media, but we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Chris Tomlinson from Breitbart's coming Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Merry Christmas. My name is Josefa Barrios, Business and Operations Assistant for the Guadalupe Radio Network. On behalf of the Guadalupe Radio Network, we wish you a season of hope, a season of love, and a season of many blessings. May the divine light of Christmas shine in your life this season. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at the top of the next hour, uh, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to share the story about Cardinal Zen finally, finally getting a meeting with the, uh, with the Pope, Pope Francis. What's the story there? We're going to cover it. But Chris Tomlinson is our guest from Breitbart. Breitbart.com. Chris Tomlinson, welcome back to the show. Yesterday, big news. Uh, and I saw you tweeting about this on Twitter uh, the huge, huge protests and rallies in Brazil still. I think a lot of people aren't covering this story, but they sort of had their January 6th type of moment with uh, uh, thousands, seemingly, uh, protesters storming their federal buildings. 400 arrests. What's going on in Brazil? These protests have been going on for, for weeks and, and almost months now after the uh, election where we saw uh, Lula the left-wing, uh, far-left, I would say, uh, candidate, uh, eke out a victory against uh, former president uh, Jair Bolsonaro. And so Bo- Bolsonaro's supporters and other people who simply don't want to be ruled by uh, Mr. Lula have been engaging in protests for, for quite a long time, and it's sort of built up and built up and built up until we saw what we saw yesterday, which was protesters storming the various uh, places of, of, of government, whether that was the Supreme Court or the presidential palace or the uh, the parliament itself. And really, they're, they're going to have a crackdown. And I, I think that's going to be the, the big thing that we're going to see out of this. You know, if you see people storming parliament buildings, unless they have the military or somebody like that behind them, it's, it's going to peter out very quickly. Uh, and that's when authoritarian governments, especially left-wing, far-left authoritarian governments have their sort of green light in order to really crack down on these people and crack down on anybody who who supports them. I was reading over at Breitbart this morning about the story, and Bolsonaro apparently uh, has condemned this? Yes, he has. He's said that, uh, you know, these people are not working within the realms Mm -hmm. of the law. This is not within the realms of democracy. And so he condemned the people who were storming the the parliament buildings themselves, um, which is 
you know, it, it's not really a crazy thing, but I think the the fact that he's in Florida currently and not really uh, in Brazil himself says probably more than than it does that he's he's condemning whatever's going on. I think. <laughs> well, that was going to be one of the points I was going to ask about. I mean, at some point, it seems to me one of the issues we've saw over twenty 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 and all the way down to twenty twenty three is there seems to be a disconnect, and I would love to get your opinion on this. There seems to be a disconnect between people and the governments they have elected to rule them. Uh, I'll give you an example. During 2020, Australia went into severe lockdown, and it seemed its people weren't on board with this. Uh, but nonetheless, its, its government went and did it anyway. We saw that all over the world. And we're seeing it now with these major protests. A lot of folks are going to say, that this massive incursion into federal buildings in Brazil is like a January 6th moment, and it's a threat to democracy. And yet the people are saying, we want our voice heard. We do not like this outcome. We do not want this outcome. I'm seeing a greater disconnect between the people and the elected governments, and I don't think that's a good thing. How do you see it, Chris Tomlinson? Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head there. And I think that the thing is, is what we see with the reactions from a lot of people who really aren't following this very well or don't really know what's going on is exactly what you said. They said, oh, well, this is just anti-democratic. This is fascism. This is whatever, uh, authoritarianism. But they're not looking any deeper than that. They're not asking the question, why? Why are these people doing this? Why are these people going to such lengths where they're you know, getting run over by the police? Uh, which I saw a video of yesterday. But why are they doing these things? Why are they putting their lives on the line, which is you know, a lot more possible uh, there than, than it was during January 6th, I think. And even then, in January 6th, one person did lose their lives. Ashley Babbitt was, was shot and killed. So you have to ask the question, why are these people doing this? And that's mm -hmm. not something I think that the mainstream media or the mainstream uh, politicians want to ask, because that would really make them face some very, very difficult questions, questions that they can avoid by simply saying, uh, writing it off as saying, this is fascism, this is authoritarianism, or, or what have you. And I think that is the big question currently in not just Brazil, not just America, but you saw it with the Freedom Convoy here in Canada as well, that there is a massive disconnect. And there are politicians who are not willing to listen to people what, that have major grievances against them, even if those protests as was the case of the Freedom Convoy, were peaceful. Yeah. So we, we're, we're going into some very dangerous territory, depending on what these politicians want to do in the future. I mean, Canada is an excellent example. Uh, thank you for bringing up the Freedom Convoy. How do the Canadian people uh, see their government? There seems to be massive discord between the average Canadian and Trudeau. Uh, so what's the result of that? What's the outcome? I mean, it seems to me like if there if there is a majority of people in a country who are not satisfied with this outcome, shouldn't they be able to shouldn't their government represent that? I mean, shouldn't the system in place make sure that the, the government is a representative of the will of the people? And yet case after case, we just aren't seeming we're not seeing this. Trudeau is a good example of this. Do the Canadian people want Trudeau, do they want what he brings to the table? I would say a vast majority don't, because if you look at the last election, I think he won around 30-something percent of the vote and was still able to form a government, even though he does not have a majority in parliament. That is because he's being supported by the far-left uh, New Democrats. 
who supports him basically without question on, on any major issue. And then their leader, uh, Jagmeet Singh, will go on Twitter and complain that the liberals are doing all these horrible things and that the liberals should stop doing this, even though he votes with them anyway, regardless of what they do. So the, the fact is that the majority of people don't support it, uh, support Mr. Trudeau. And the other fact is that Mr. Trudeau only seems to support those people who vote for him meaning that he's not representing a majority of Canadians. He's representing the 30-something percent of Canadians who voted for him. And then for the rest, he's telling them what to do and demonizing the people who who are vocal enough against him, which we saw during the pandemic explicitly in some cases. He was on a, a chat show in Quebec, uh, a French-language chat show, in which he said uh, about the unvaccinated, why do we tolerate these people? <laughs> wow. I mean... What, what sort of rhetoric is that from, from a supposed leader of a, a free and democratic country? So I, I, I guess what I'm trying to ultimately understand is, is the system so broken that it becomes impossible for the people to actually have a peaceful means with which to change this, to have the kind of representative government that they really want? Or is the future going to mean we are going to see more of what happened yesterday in Brazil happen in every major country in the West. But it's not just the West. It's We saw it in Sri Lanka. We're, we're seeing it all over the world. There are still rallies going on in France, uh, pushing back against the government there. So it seems to me like what we can expect in 2023, 2024, is even more massive rallies and protests that could lead to even more unrest and even more violent unrest. Do you, you see that? or Or please tell me I'm wrong. No, I absolutely think you're right. And I think that a lot of things, for example, the energy crisis, cost of living, cost of food and things like that are just going to exasperate it. And I can't remember who it was, but they, they said, you know, revolutions uh, come when people have empty bellies. They don't come out of political ideals. They come when people can't put food on the table. And I think that the the old tale of, uh, of Alexander the Great and the Gordian Knot is probably... Uh, pretty apt here as well a lot of people your viewers and listeners might not know uh the gordian knot was a uh, a knot that could not be untied it was too complicated no one could untie it and people would go there and, and you would be hailed as a, a genius or a king or, or whatever if you could untie it and so alexander the great famously went to it and took a sword and chopped it in half uh, <laughs> brilliant and 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 I think that, you know, that that is what a lot of people think, though, that, that the system is so corrupt and the system is so complicated that, you know, they they just need to take a sword and cut it in half and then sort the pieces out afterwards. And that is very dangerous. You know, that makes me think of uh, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira, a Brazilian uh, philosopher and thinker. He, he would talk about how he predicted that the revolution and this was back in like the 60s when he's talking about this, that the revolution uh, would grow to a peaking point all across the world where he, uh, what would happen was what he just called the mata mata which is like blood blood or or kill kill and uh where everyone of all sides whether you're a revolutionary whether you're a counter-revolutionary whether you're conservative doesn't matter everyone's going to be just warring in the streets and i I'm just looking at like what joe was saying uh what do you think is is this uh a good prediction I think so, but I don't think it's going to be anything sort of like a, a formal kind of civil war of, of people with rifles or anything like that. I think it's going to be a deterioration of what we're seeing currently, uh, which is, I mean, just look at things that are going on in America. Look at somewhere like San, Fr San Francisco or, or 
you know anywhere like that where you have people uh, trashing shops and and going in and stealing things and people getting shot and and things like that it just becomes a deterioration mm. of society until eventually society no longer seems to function at all let me ask uh, one i think we're down to the wire here with chris tomlinson from breitbart but going back to brazil here uh, in America, comparing and contrasting January 6th to what happened in Brazil yesterday, in America, they would say Donald Trump is the leader, the organizer of this list. That's what they've accused him of. But Bolasero has, uh, he has condemned this. He's not even there. So who is leading the charge? Who is organizing? Who is, who is helping to bring this protest to the federal buildings at all? It, it seems to me to be more of a, a grassroots kind of uh, leaderless protest, much like the Yellow Vest protest was in uh, in uh, in France uh, a couple of years ago. There wasn't any. There were a couple of spokespeople and things like that, but there didn't seem to be any sort of unifying leader, which is which has its strengths in in certain protests, but it also has its weaknesses in the fact mm. that if there isn't anybody unifying anything or whatever, then it just you you have moments of of sort of perhaps revolutionary activity, which I would say that what we saw yesterday sort of was, but we they don't have any leadership or anything like that. And so it's inevitable that these things are just going to descend into chaos. And then the people who are organized, which is the government and the far left, people like President Lula are going to pick up the pieces and, and really clamp down. And, and that's what I expect in the coming months that yeah. we're going to see mass arrests and, and all sorts of stuff in Brazil. And it's going to get pretty, pretty totalitarian, I think. Well, given the fact that the majority of uh, Brazil is Catholic, I pray it's peaceful and not chaotic and, and ugly and people losing their lives. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray for the Catholic faith to flourish there. Let's pray for justice in the government that represents its people. Chris Tomlinson, God bless you. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Check out his articles at Breitbart.com. Just search for Chris Tomlinson. A lot of great stuff there. Don't go anywhere. If you can join us in the second hour, BigPulpit.com is on. Cardinal Zen gets to meet with the Pope. All that plus a lot more. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. I am Josh Reyes, your general manager for the West Texas and New Mexico market, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your continued support for Guadalupe Radio Network throughout the year. And most of all, thank you for all of your prayers for the Guadalupe Radio Network. May God bless you. Thank you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? 
visit our website at chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to G. If you want the truth, well, you're tuned to the right station. You're listening to KSHJ, 1430 AM, your Catholic radio station for Houston, Texas. The truth lives here. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. And good morning to our CDT crew on the Telegram. Tammy, Forrest, Clarissa, Mike K, Damon. Praise be to God. T-Storm, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We had some new members over the weekend on uh, Telegram. Always good to see you. Forrest, I'll probably be heading your way this coming weekend, by the way. Maybe I'll get to see you there. I'll text you, let you know. I always like hanging out with CDT Insiders when we get the chance to do so. So if you wanted to be in the Telegram group, you needed to open the email I sent to you. For the CDT Insiders, uh, I included that link there. When I sent you a clip, uh, actually a full movie, I sent you the Staircase film that Dave Palmer talked about on Friday's program. So that was in the CDT Insider email as well. And I watched it. Do either one of you watch the film? No, I didn't see it. You it was The Staircase, it. right? It was called The Staircase. Yeah, no. You know, I, I thought we were going to do a movie night yesterday. I should have I picked that one. It's it's low res, so I need uh, I needed to look to see if if there was like a better quality version of it, like on Amazon. I was just sending out the free one, so nobody had to deal with a paywall. <laughs> but uh, I did watch it, and uh, it was a very interesting film from like the sometime back in the eighties, maybe nineties. I got to look up the date on that one, but uh, like it was like a made for TV kind of film. Very interesting, very fascinating, actually. Yeah, nothing beats that uh, the Reluctant Saint. Oh yeah, that's oh, one of my. Favorite. That's one of our. Such favorites. a good one. We watched the Ricardo Montalban. We watched that one many times. It's Yuseppe. always a winner. Giuseppe, Giuseppe, <laughs> you're breaking my heart, Giuseppe. Uh, such a good movie. It is such a good movie. But I watched a couple of other films, all classics, by the way. This mm. week it was like a classic Turner weekend. Turner classic movie. Epiphany classic films. Epiphany That's, movies. Epiphany. They were all epiphany. Mm, totally really? epiphany. No, oh, wow. So there was the stair- staircase. Staircase. That, had, that associated with epiphany. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> okay. 100%. Uh, yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. Then I watched, uh, from 2016, classic, The Finest Hours, uh, starring Chris Pine. 2016 right? vintage. Because, vintage. Because wow. Chris Pine mm-hmm. is known for celebrating mm-hmm. the epiphany. Oh, man. <laughs> Every year. Right. He celebrates Every the octave. Year. Exactly. All eight uh, days of uh, unlike you, I, he exactly. goes full eight eight day octave. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm unlike you. His Christmas lights are still up right now. That's true. You've that's taken true. yours down. I'm just saying. The fi- the finest hours, great film. I mean, it's why can't Hollywood make more films like that? I would take more films like that every day of the week. And then uh, it was a story about 1952 storm, where as a coast guardsman he went out on a tiny little boat to save men 
who were on a uh, on a, the sh- their ship broke in two, and their half was still floating for a little while, and he was able to get out there and rescue them. Like pretty amazing, pretty amazing story. Good to Hollywood film. I encourage you to check that out. So that was Finest Hours. Then the other classic I watched was from uh, 2022, uh, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Total class. Right. And that That's is not clearly an epiphany movie. 100%. Right. 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. There, okay. are, there are lights involved, people visiting places, gifts that are given. I'm mean, total epiphany. Very- Interesting. Well, I just had an epiphany. Here's the good news. None of those though. are epiphany movies. Here's the good news: is uh, you, I I was able to get Top Gun Maverick on VidAngel filter. Nice. So we you could cut out that one scene. We could watch. Yeah, we were able to cut out that scene and all the language, and we were able to watch it as a family. There's only like one one bad word. No, there was more than that. Actually, we looked really? at the list. Unfortunately, yeah, there was more I than one. Remember. I only remember one. But there was this—the one scene had to go. <laughs> actually, it was like there's like two scenes. I'm like, ah, they got to go. Otherwise, <laughs> just all action. It's good. We loved it. The kids loved it. It worked out great. Wasn't too much for them. Why did the Mormons, the ones that come up with a great idea like Vid Angel, why couldn't Catholics yeah. come up with that? Yeah, because we like it. I guess. I guess. Uh, and then I came up with another critique about Puss in Boots that I have Another to share one? in the after show. I've got to <laughs> share. Another one? I, it was just weighing aye, on aye. my conscience all weekend long. My wife and I discussed it. I didn't watch any We movies. talked about it with, with the family last night, actually, or before we prayed our rosary. So I'll share that coming up in the after show. My, my final thoughts on the Puss in Boots review that I mentioned last week. So that's coming up in the after show. All right. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via Zoom Chaz, our good friend, Tito Edwards. Good morning to you, Tito, from BigPulpit.com. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Happy Epiphany time. All right. So, Good morning. Uh, yeah, okay, then. Uh, your Christmas lights are still up, I imagine. Mm-hmm. My one Christmas light, yes. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, to be fair, I didn't put any up to begin with. <laughs> so I could not take them down. <laughs> oh, your one Christmas light. Ours are still rocking. I'm sure the neighbors are like, what is with these people? Good grief. But uh, I love it. Yeah, praise be to God, it's still Christmas. Uh, lots of stories in the Monday edition of BigPulpit.com. It's the Super Monday edition. Um, lots of Benedict stories there as well. Some very interesting stories. But the one that I think caught a lot of people's attention was Cardinal Zen finally gets to meet the Pope. Uh, What's going on here? Cardinal Zen was able to meet Pope Francis. Cardinal Zen came away with glowing uh, reflection of of their encounter. Uh, Not much is known of what was spoken about, but uh, I can can add a little commentary. I I believe uh, after uh, China made a mistake of... uh, appointing a, a, a non-approved Vatican bishop, the Vatican felt like it, was, it could have a little wiggle room of showing cardinals in some respect and have, an in, and have a meeting with him. Uh, other than that, it, it's a long time coming, but I'm very happy that Cardinal Zen had a, uh, that meeting with Pope Francis. I'm not sure if anything positive is going to result from it, but at least uh, Pope Francis now has direct communication of what is actually happening on the ground, uh, the, the destruction of, of uh, crosses and crucifixes in the church, the shutting down of catechism classes, the the virtual elimination of the celebration of Mass. And the only thing allowed uh, in these churches is to praise President Xi Jinping. 
So wow. um, there's some positive out of this meeting, absolutely. Now, we, we all remember the last time he tried to meet with Pope Francis. He had snuck away from Hong Kong, stayed in the St. Peter's Square, asking for an audience and never got one. Yes, that, that was a very sad moment. Uh, th there's many things that are awfully squirrely uh, coming from the Vatican and how they, they do so many things. It's night and day from uh, Pope Benedict XVI to Pope Francis and how they treat uh, uh, the persecuted Christians from around the world, especially in that realm. Yes, so uh, that was very a very good moment. Uh, there's... What's past is past, but it, it was really not unfortunate in how Cardinal Zen was treated. But at least he, he was treated, uh, he had an encounter with Pope Francis. You can see that he's ailing quite visibly, mm. walking with a cane. But uh, he was awfully close to Pope Benedict. They, they seem like kindred spirits, two gentle Orthodox giants of the Catholic world in the 21st century. Now, uh, the America Magazine, I think, was the first to report that Cardinal Zen had a meeting with Pope Francis, uh, very surprising, and they actually said, quote, uh, he was saying Cardinal Zen was speaking of Francis, said it was wonderful, he was so very warm, the Chinese Cardinal told America Magazine, but apparently also, according to America Magazine, not one of my favorite outlets, that's for darn sure, uh, apparently the, the Pope cracked a joke uh, to Cardinal Zen, walking him to the door and saying, you know, I'm walking you to the door, one, to make sure you're leaving, and two, to make sure you don't take anything with you. <laughs> like, uh, so <laughs> yeah, we don't know what they were saying here, but I guess they're, all, they're on friendly uh, terms now. It just seems odd. It just seems like an odd turn of events. I'm glad they got to meet. But one wonders if anything substantive actually occurred during the meeting or was this all for the cameras? If passes prologue and seeing from experience what has happened, uh, we can uh, educatively guess that nothing much will improve from this situation. Uh, that seemed like a, a nervous joke on the Pope, part of Pope Francis trying to make light of a difficult situation that mm -hmm. he created. Uh, God bless Pope Francis for uh, being the friendly, friendly guy that he is. Um, uh, but I, I don't believe anything of substance will occur from this. Um, That's too bad. I've been thinking in the past how much I put a lot of weight on the behind the scenes of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I've, I've not seen ev any evidence of anything positive behind the scenes. I've not heard from any sources of anything po uh, constructive going to help alleviate the, the persecution of the Chinese Christians, right. uh, especially the Catholic Church. So uh, I'm a little... Uh, skeptical of anything positive emanating from this encounter. Mm. Uh, one of the other stories you had linked up, which I thought was very interesting, was uh, there's reports, rumor mill is uh, buzzing right now that Mel Gibson will finally begin filming of his, uh, you know, The Passion Part 2, The Resurrection, in 2023. I mean, he's no spring chicken, and neither is Jim Caviezel. So are we, are we going to be CGIing Jim to make him look like he was... Like he looked back in 2004. I remember, you know, I met him in 2004 right after he, that released. He was a good looking guy back in those days, but that was a long time ago. I mean, forever ago, it feels. How, I mean, are they really going to pull this off? Is this possible? 
Yeah, so I believe so. Jim Caviezel seems like he's aged one year in the past 20. Uh, <laughs> I don't that, know. <laughs> so, so God has blessed these actors with the look at Tom Cruise is 60 years old. He Dude, looks Tom like Cruise is definitely on some kind of back medicine or something. <laughs> I, there's no way. Goodness. There's no way Tom Cruise's genes are that good. That guy is like on some Look some weird you, medicine that's exfoliation, bro. He right. just exfoliates. That's the secret. That's the secret right. to good skin. <laughs> exfoliates. Jim Caviezel sent out a uh, a clue on his Twitter or Instagram account this past summer. Mm-hmm. So reading that article on uh, the the mid to late spring shooting for 2020 for the uh, G, for Jesus. The, the Passion of the Christ Resurrection, I think it's heading in the right direction. They've gone through six drafts already. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know uh, a little trivia from the first film. They said that the arm of Mel Gibson was holding the spike as yeah. they were driving it into Jesus' hand. That. There is also a moment one of the Roman soldiers were dressed, was uh was dressed uh that was mel gibson now i had not seen him in the film itself but it, it probably was one of those post-production uh cuts where they never mm. made it but they they showed a picture of him wandering around <laughs> uh the top of the hill and you could clearly see that that's mel gibson so I, apparently my guess is that he got dressed up for the whole event even though only his arm was shown in that picture yeah i remember the behind the scenes where they talked about that i also remember him dressing up as Jesus, and uh, they were, I'm not sure why, I can't remember exactly why he said he dressed up like Jesus, but they were like the foot, you know, the, the foot when uh, when Mary Magdalene is like reaching out to touch his foot at the, uh, the casting of stone scene from the Passion of the Christ. Well, like the foot belonged to Mel Gibson, didn't belong to, to Jim Caviezel as well. So very, very interesting. That movie, $30 million budget to make the Passion of the Christ, it generated $612 million off of a $30 million feature. Any sense from you on how successful a part two would be? I, I don't know. Um, the, I would say no, because a lot of the, a lot of the movie going public has not been flocking back and giving, uh, there's been a lot of successful movies since the end of the COVID lockdown, but uh, the, it doesn't seem positive but on the other hand many many independent christian films have reported on 100 or 200 thousand dollar budgets 1.5 2 million dollar you know complete gross that that is amazing that has not that has not happened as often before the the shutdown so Mm -hmm. with with that in mind uh he seems to have a, a good pretty good chance for that yeah he also consulted lots of theologians for that uh particular project Oh, I wonder who he's consulting for this one. I I would find it very interesting. You didn't get an email? I, you know, I, I'm going to oh. go back and look just in case I missed it. But uh, so far, no text, phone calls, hmm. or anything from Mel. Mel, call me. I'm I'm available, bro. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. It'd be pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, who would not want to be on the on set to watch that? Like, who would not want to do that? I mean, I'm available if you need to sit. Ship me off to California. Just he to... told me he wants you as a Pharisee. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I did get invited to play a Pharisee for <laughs> Angela Labuti. He's like, you would make a great hypocrite. Come on down. <laughs> God bless you, Tito Edwards. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it.
Thank you all. Go to BigPulpit.com for the Monday edition. It's ooch. A lot of stories linked up. But it's time to play our game. Have a little fun, and you can win prizes. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. Open wide your door to the one who comes. Open your soul. Throw open the depths of your heart to see the riches of simplicity, the treasures of peace, the sweetness of grace. Open your heart and run to meet the sun of eternal light that illuminates all men. St. Ambrose of Milan. As we enter this Christmas season, let us pray that we open our hearts to receive the gift of peace, love, and hope. This is Manny Ortiz, production manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Dearly beloved, today our Savior is born. Let us rejoice. Sadness should have no place on the birthday of life. The fear of death has been swallowed up. Life brings us joy with the promise of eternal happiness. No one is shut out from this joy. All share the same reason for rejoicing. Our Lord, victor over sin and death, finding no man free from sin, came to free us all. This is Cecil Anderson, the North Texas assistant of the GRN, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season with a little help from my friend, St. Leo the Great. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas all behind the scenes all on the down low so you're not allowed to tell anybody what i'm going to share with you keep it between us but first of all what i need is a phone call if phone lines are wide open adrian fonseca standing by to take your call right now at 877-757-9424 that phone number is 877-757-9424 first caller gets to play the game at 877-757-9424 94 24. All right, so there are a few things we like to do on the game show. We give out prizes, that's true. Uh, I'll get to that. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something you didn't know before. And today, probably only one thing is you're, you're going to learn. Everything else is so easy that I may not even ask those questions. It's just they're gimmies, they're just total giveaways. 
But one thing for sure you're going to learn, praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good good time, a chuckle. And our callers are amazing, at least when they call 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. But then, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. And somebody's going to do all three of those this week. Could be you when you call 877-757-9424. But the kicker is, the real secret sauce is we don't ask the caller so they don't need to know the correct answers. They could not know a single correct answer, but could still win our game. And the way that happens is I will ask Adrian and I will ask Rudy, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect. Caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whoops, do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what's Back on the hook? By popular demand this it, week. I'm sorry. Back people by are popular demanding this? Demand. Yes. Oh, there wow. are a ton of people constantly demanding, hey, how can I get CDT merch? How can I get CDT? Well, this week we're giving away another CDT prize pack because. Really? It turns out mm-hmm. we do have a couple more replicas the, of the coffee cup oh, of divine providence. I thought, I thought you were going to say we're going to send them a you know one of the North Face fleece jackets Ooh, with our logo embroidered. Have those? Can I have one of those? Uh, what? You don't have. <laughs> Can one? we get a Patagonia uh, one? I mean, hmm. I don't like the company and what they represent, but I, I do <laughs> think they have quality products. They do have quality products. Uh, that would be cool to have. Uh, uh, LLB. Can we do LLB? LLB. Yeah, sure. LLB's good stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Uh, 100% wool, baby. Let's go. <laughs> CDT prize pack. Thank you, Catholic Drive Time, for sponsoring our show this week. Hey, you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. Now, we usually inc- incorporate like a book and some prayer cards. and Exactly. You know, Adrian, an servitude. Yeah, autograph. Whatever mug. we could throw in the pot, the pot. You flying out and doing a photo shoot for people free of charge. Yeah, all I'll, give you a, I'll give you a lock of my hair. You're welcome. <laughs> I know that's what you want. It's unwashed. But if you send me some money, <laughs> I will not put it in, actually. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, CDT price back this week for the winner. But let's go to the phones. Gabriel, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? Praise be to God, Gabriel. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm above six feet, so I'm <laughs> Do you have a Preach special message for us? Preach are you brother. an angel? Uh-oh. Are you the Gabriel? Uh-oh. The angel Gabriel. <laughs> Where do you go to church, Gabriel? Where do you go to church? I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I haven't gone to church in about a couple of years. But here, um, this last year, I've been going through a lot of stuff, you know, with family and, and friends. And uh, little by little, I've been wanting to go back to church. And well, Gabriel? Four months, every time I drive, I just started listening to radio stations with you guys. Praise and, be to God. Well, you yeah. you are in our prayers today, Gabriel. In fact, I'm going to be including you in our family rosary every single night, praying for you and for whatever challenges you're facing today. But let me challenge you, brother. How about uh, I double-dog dare you to put a foot in the door at a Catholic church near you today, or at least by Sunday, uh, to uh, darken the door of a church and Im- just imagine what God's grace might do in your life this week. Yeah, and pray for us, too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir, definitely, definitely. Praise be to God. All right, Gabriel, we're going to play the game. Are you ready? Uh, sure. It's going to be easy, I promise. It's always a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with Rudy. Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning. You have abandoned the tie. You're back to your old ways. <sighs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I was choking my neck a little bit. Oh. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Choking. Is that like code word? Like Is it symbolic mm-hmm. for he's going to go on vacation again? <laughs> I just, you know, I just couldn't do it anymore. I can't be a suit anymore. I see. 
I just see. can't do it. I see. You saying he came back from vacation? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, if, if you if you couldn't stand it, why are you why don't you sit down? Yeah, have a seat. Well, All that's right, true. Ready, Good are you idea. ready? Are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? I'm, I'm super ready. Are you sure? Yeah, for my man Gabriel, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Can you name for me the patron saint of altar boys? The patron saint of altar boys mm-hmm. is a woman. Just kidding. Wow. It's St. John Birchman's. Okay. St. John Birchman's. St. John Birchman's. Birchman's. You ever heard of him before? I, I don't know, but I do He's like birch saint of trees. Altar. Oh, they They're are. beautiful. Lovely. Ugh, nice bark. White. They flake. Great. White like the vestments that the yes. altar boys wear. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. St. John Birchman, you said. All That's right. right. Adrian, I know you were once accused of being an altar boy. Uh, could you tell me who is the patron saint of altar boys? That is a fact. I have been accused of being an altar boy once or twice. See? I knew it. You're a smart guy. I uh, am. The answer to the question is actually mm-hmm. very clear. Joe actually gave it away <laughs> earlier in our conversation what? with Tito Edwards. I, really? It's, it's actually St. Melianus Gipsianus. What? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yep, that's what it is. The Saint Melianus Gipsianus? Yeah, he's very well known, very popular. Early early church? Good. He, he was alive in the early uh, 300s. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. All right, Gabriel from San Antonio, you got options. The altar boy, the, the patron saint of altar boys. Adrian says it's Saint Melianus Gipsianus. And Rudy says Saint John Birchman's. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Gabriel, what say you? I think it's the first one. Rudy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I broke my arm. Y'all don't know St. Melianus Gibsianus? <laughs> okay, fine. He doesn't exist. God, doesn't okay, exist. okay. Uh, St. John Birchman's is the correct answer. You played well, Gabriel. You're, you're already on your way to win, and praise be to Jesus. Uh, let's see if we can't double your, your opportunity, though. We're going to go to Adrian with this next one. Uh, Adrian? Yes, sir. Ooh, this one's a tough one. Okay, here this we go. The, I don't even... Ooh, this. All right, let's just start from the beginning. What is the benediction given by the Pope or his delegate at the close of liturgical functions? What do we call that? Yes, this is called the dies irae. The what? What? The dies irae. Gesundheit? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? Oh, that was the answer. That was the answer, yes. Oh, yes. the D-A what? The D-A-S irae. D-A-S irae. Mm-hmm. Correct. Like as in irae Pennsylvania? Uh, no, no, not like that at all. Okay. As in uh, the D-A-S Latin irae. translation into English, okay. the Days of Wrath. Oh, yes. There you go. But it's, it's called uh, the D-A-S irae. Rudy, can you help me? What is the benediction given by the Pope or his delegate at the close of a liturgical function called... Yeah, this past weekend I was actually made as delegate, so please bow your head as I oh, give you this sure. apostolic I'm blessing. It is what's known as an apostolic blessing. I cannot give you one. I'm just joking. A- an apostolic blessing. That's correct. All right, Gabriel in San Antonio. Is it an apostolic blessing, as Rudy said, or a dies irae, as Adrian wants us to believe? 15 seconds. Gabriel, what say you? I think it's the blessing. Survey says, Gabriel, I don't know, my friend. You put on a good game here, Gabriel. You're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not I think so he's sure. Hustling us, Joe. But then you know every right answer, I Gabriel. I think he's hustling us. I think I'm on to you, brother. 
No, I don't think I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, no, I promise I'm not hustling you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gabriel. Th- 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 third time is a charm, as they say. Uh, let's see if we can't get you in there for a perfect score. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Can you complete for me the first beatitude? Blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Joe, I don't like your attitude. No? Especially your beatitude. I'm so, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if I can complete, uh-huh. blessed are the poor in spirit, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It goes like this. Mm-hmm. For they shall be compensated the right spirit really? by the government. Oh, wow. I like that. Mm. Like per child? Can I get like a credit or per child? Interesting. That yeah, you be, better have okay. the right attitude. I mean, that's amazing. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian. Uh, could you help me here? Yes, Would you I can. please complete this sentence? It is a beatitude. It's the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> Fill that in, please. <laughs> How does that go again? <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, that makes it clear for me. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, as someone who identifies as a PhD in oh. beatitude, oh. yes, I know. I it's, it's pretty amazing. That is my current PhD that I uh, mm. have at the moment. Okay. Uh, it's blessed are the poor in spirit, mm-hmm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't. Mm, are you sure? That's what I'm okay. going with. All right, Gabriel, you got options. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Adrian says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Rudy says, for they shall be compensated by the right spirit department of the government. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Gabriel? I actually know this. Oh, really? I actually know this one, and it's going to be the first one. And the reason being is because I learned that in church when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect score, Gabriel. Perfect score. God love you, Gabriel. Thanks for playing our game. And we're going to be praying for you. Please. Please go to church and pray for us this week. I will. I will. God bless you, Gabriel. Have a great day. We're going to put you on hold. Don't go anywhere. That's going to do it for the radio side. Please keep Gabriel in your prayers. We'd be grateful to you. And if you want to join us in the after show, I'm going to share with you my final thoughts of Puss in Boots. When I went to go see that, something struck my mind over the weekend. I'm going to tell you all about it in the after show. Stick around for that. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the SALT community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the Baptism of the Lord. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. 
Please join in singing our opening song, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captive free, to take away transgression and rule in equity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison Glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, 
Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who in Christ had been baptized in the river Jordan, and as the Holy Spirit descended upon him, solemnly declared him your beloved Son. Grant that your children by adoption, reborn of water and the Holy Spirit, may always be well-pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Here is my servant whom I upheld, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench, until he establishes justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teaching. I, the Lord, have called you for the victory of justice. I have grasped you by the hand. I formed you and set you as a covenant of the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement, and from the dungeon those who live in darkness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Give to the Lord, you sons of God. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Adore the Lord in holy attire. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, the Lord over vast waters. The voice of the Lord is mighty, the voice of the Lord is majestic. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The God of glory thunders, and in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord is enthroned above the flood, the Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The heavens were opened and the voice of the Father thundered. This is my beloved Son, Listen to him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? 
Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. This feast of the baptism of the Lord really rounds out our Christmas celebration. Yesterday we celebrated the solemnity of the Epiphany. And the Epiphany, meaning manifestation, really points to three manifestations of Jesus. Of course, his manifestation in Bethlehem when the Magi came to adore him, and his manifestation at, the ba at his baptism where we, the heavens open and we hear the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son. And the last manifestation is at the wedding feast of Cana, where he manifests his glory and his disciples begin to believe in him. When I was in, uh, a student at the University of Oklahoma, uh, I would hang around a lot with the Baptists who had a lot of course questions, me being a Catholic. But their questions, of course, helped me to learn more about my faith. And one of the questions that always came up was, why was Jesus baptized? So I would go to the chapel, actually, one uh, number of times, and I went one night, and I was reading that little book, the uh, green book from the Confraternity of the Precious Blood called My Way of Life. And in there I encountered something that St. Thomas Aquinas said or explained, that Jesus didn't go to be baptized for his sake, to take away sin for our sake. And when he goes down into the water, he takes us with him. The baptism of Jesus, the heavens open, and we have access to heaven. And we hear the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son. This mystery is so essential to us because, well, first of all, baptism, that immersion into the water, takes away original sin. It takes away original sin. It is the gateway to all the sacraments. This is the access that we have. It marks us as belonging to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now all the means of salvation and all the means of holiness are open to us. And now that whether or not we have no excuses. The third is that it fills us with sanctifying grace, with divine life. And in fact transforms our very being to become a temple of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place for God. So now we live a new life. Jesus now becomes our pattern of life. It's kind of an illustration. There was a, a kind of interesting story of a factory worker in the Ford, at Henry Ford factory, the Rouge plant in Detroit. And he had been baptized at the Easter vigil. And he came to work and he had brought all the tools that he had kind of permanently borrowed from time to over time. He brought all these tools back. And the foreman at the time was asking him, like, what are you doing? And he said, well, I became a Catholic this past Easter, and I realized that I needed to bring back all these tools that didn't belong to me. Well, the foreman was so impressed that he called Henry Ford, who was in Paris at the time, who had told him the story, and Henry Ford was purported as saying, have the whole factory baptized. He figured he'd get all his tools back. <laughs> but the idea was that the man realized that his, he had to wait new, live this new life. So it reminds me of something that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, once said. He said, we are not Christians part-time. 
only at certain moments, in certain circumstances, when we're around all our church people, for instance, or in certain decisions. No one can be Christian, he says, in this way. We are Christians all the time, totally. Our, the baptism of Jesus and our baptism reminds us that we need to be fully immersed in the way and life of Jesus, his way of life. Only in this way will the springs of living water, that is the full means of grace and holiness, which is completely open to us, well up from within us and be fruitful. Final thing we should say is we should always know and celebrate in a special way the date of our own baptism. Do we know it? If not, then we need to contact whatever parish that we go to or whatever parish where we've been baptized and ask them when we were baptized. And to set aside that day as to celebrate that that day we have, be, we have begot, belong to the Lord. We belong to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the access to holiness, to grace, to heaven is now with us. The heavens opened. The voice of the Father is heard saying, This is my beloved Son. We should live like him. come humbly before our Heavenly Father and offer our prayers and petitions. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the needs of the Church. Let us pray also for all the baptized, that they may live more deeply their baptismal consecration, belonging completely to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bearing witness to their transformed lives in this dark world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all those who govern us, especially all those who govern us who are Christian. May they truly live their life inspired and their decision be inspired by the Holy Spirit and by the gospel. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for those who have wandered far from Christ, who do not live out their baptismal consecration fully, that they may be renewed in spirit and come to follow the Lord more closely. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith, that they may rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pause in a moment of silence off of the prayers we hold in our hearts, those who have asked us to pray for them. And for these intentions, and for those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for your intentions, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, unleash the grace within us to give you more perfect worship and adoration, and we may live our lives more deeply consecrated to you. Hear the prayers we bring before you this day and answer them according to your holy will, through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> our offertory song is We Belong to You. We belong to you, O Lord of our longing. We belong to you. In our daily living, dying and rising, we belong to you. In the waters of your mercy, when the old becomes the new, 
Souls united in the mystery, we belong to you. We belong to you, O Lord of our longing. We belong to you. In our daily living, dying and rising, we belong to you. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, O Lord, the offerings we have brought to honor the revealing of your beloved Son, so that the oblation of your faithful may be transformed into the sacrifice of him who willed in his compassion to wash away the sins of the world, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the waters of the Jordan you revealed with signs and wonders a new baptism so that through the voice that came down from heaven we might come to believe in your word dwelling among us. And by the Spirit's descending in the likeness of a dove, we might know that Christ your servant has been anointed with the oil of gladness and sent to bring the good news to the poor. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth and before your majesty without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a he took the chalice, 
and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quit all is peccata mundi, 
Miserarenobis Agnus Dei Qui tolis peccata mundi Miserarenobis Agnus Dei Qui tolis peccata mundi Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, I am not worthy that you should, you should enter under, under my, my roof, roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Behold the one whom John said, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus Fit panis ominum, dat panis celicus, figuris terminum. Ores mirabilis, manducat Let us pray. Nourished with these sacred gifts, we humbly entreat your mercy, O Lord, that if faithfully listening to your only begotten Son, we may be your children in name and in truth. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. 
and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy from Friendswood. I'm Leah Wynn from Mary Queen Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.